Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. People may not always see eye to eye with him, but they will always listen to his opinion. This is The Roy Green Show. Just want to uh, let you know that tomorrow we're going to have a very unusual situation, a guest on this program. We've often talked about driving under the influence and when driving drunk causes death. And we've, in the past, spoken with victims' family members. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk to to a young man, uh, entrepreneur, a young man who uh, last year drove under the influence had an accident which resulted in the death of another motorist. And uh, this young man is uh, feeling very contrite, and uh, he's going to be on this program. He'll be in the studio with me. He wants to share how he feels about what he did. So that's going to be something that you probably have not heard before, the likes of which you haven't heard before. So that'll be tomorrow on the program. Now... Yesterday, Michelle Rempel, who is the immigration critic, citizenship and immigration critic for the Conservative Party of Canada, held a news conference about our Canadian border. And it's, the border has become something that is a, a, an issue of great concern to a significant number of Canadians, I would suspect the majority of Canadians, because we don't know what's going on. We really don't know what is happening. We know people are entering Canada illegally, and we know the government is... <sighs> mostly inactive on the, on this issue, on this situation. And so many of the people who enter the country, I would imagine, think back or, or, or maybe have a piece of paper in their hands that has a tweet on it from uh, January the 28th of 2017 from our current prime minister when he welcomed everybody to Canada who was trying to get away from war and and, and uh, other issues of concern. Anyway, he had no business making that kind of declaration, but Justin Trudeau did. So there's a couple of things we want to speak with Michelle Rempel about. She's back with us on the program. Michelle, thank you for taking the time. And what was, what was the, uh, the essence of the news conference that you held yesterday? Well, this week was just a disaster um, on the part of the Justin Trudeau liberals with regard to the management of our border. We started the week off um, with understanding that we're going into summer months likely to see about 50,000 people cross the border over the summer months illegally into Canada at the Quebec border crossing. Uh, and then uh, the Department of Homeland Security in the United States uh, had let Canadian media know that they were considering proposals to amend the Safe Third Country Agreement, which is what I've been asking the government for, uh, as well as our party leader, Andrew Scheer, for well over a year. So this was news to us. But then the government stepped back and they're like, no, 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 nothing official happened. And so it was just this back and forth between officials and, and, and the minister on like what was actually happening with regard to the amendment of this agreement. 
Now, I want to see this agreement amended so that it's applied to the entire border and it takes away the ability of someone to illegally cross the border into Canada and then claim asylum from the United States. Um, I also had department officials at our committee this week, and Roy, they couldn't even answer. This was a briefing specifically for the illegal border crossing crisis, and we had probably 12 department officials from every agency related to this, and none of them could tell me how many people illegally crossed the border in April at a parliamentary committee hearing. So, you know, I got quite angry because as a parliamentarian, I should be able to evaluate uh, how bad the situation is because the government is also saying that don't worry, they've got it under control, which clearly they don't. Um, finally, we got a ballpark estimate, which should, you know, concerns me that we're ballpark estimating people of about 25, 2,600 people in April alone. Um, so this is just, at this point in time, it's just out, out of control. Uh, we found out yesterday that the government is actually formally setting up a refugee camp at the U.S.-Canada border. They've purchased over, I think, 520 um, fancy little tent tra- trailers. And, and frankly, we wouldn't be needing those if they had amended the agreement or done something to protect the sovereignty of our borders well over a year ago, as I've been you know, banging my head against the brick wall that is Justin Trudeau for that period of time. So it's very frustrating. And it sounds so frustrated on your show, but it's just it's it's just the you know the incompetence continues. Well, we would like to know what's going on at our border, and we don't, and clearly you don't. And from we understand, the government did tell the CBSA officers, the Canada Border Services Agency officers, not to speak with media. You don't have the right to speak with media. We only have designated spokespeople who will speak with media. So that message is being uh, obviously. Um, being managed by 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 the government, I don't know what the objective is of Mr. Trudeau's government. Do you have any idea, Michelle? Well, I think it's political calculus for him at this point in time. Like you mentioned, the hashtag "Welcome to Canada" tweet, right? Right. So, uh, you know, he tweeted this out after the American administration rescinded some of the temporary protected status uh, for for people who were in the United States. They also had an executive order. I mean, the Americans are allowed to to make those types of decisions. You know, we can, you know, speculate on whether or not they're proper or not. Regardless, the American asylum claim system remains the strongest in the world. So it's not like it's no longer a safe third country. So he's he's in this position now where he's built his brand on, you know, very glossy pictures with refugees at an airport. Uh, But we're seeing, you know, the the mayor of Toronto saying over 40% of the homeless shelter capacity in Toronto is now uh, taken up by people who have claimed asylum via this message this year. Uh, Ottawa area mayor saying the same thing, even adding it on with um, with the food bank, sorry, city councilor from Ottawa, um, the province of Manitoba, province of Quebec. I mean, everybody is saying our social programs are under severe strain. Uh, so he needs to do something, but he's, I think, worried about alienating um, some form of voter that doesn't want to secure our border. And that's you know, should be really frightening. Um, so I don't think he's doing anything because he's just hoping the problem is going to go away without any action on his part, which is wrong. Yeah, an extension of the budgets will balance themselves, thinking. Absolutely. Now, when you say 50,000, if the estimate is 50,000 will illegally cross the border into Canada, that's about a half of our annual approved immigration total. Isn't that, isn't that something? And that's just for the summer. So the figures that we saw... Or 400, uh, an anticipated um, amount of 400 per people per day 
just in the summer months. And we know that we're, um, you know, with the numbers from April, we're, I think, over 10,000 for this year already. So, you know, when I asked department officials this year, like, do you have any idea about how many people are coming? Like, how are you forecasting resources and all of these things? And they're like, well, you don't know. Don't know, man. And, like, I, that's not an acceptable response to a parliamentary committee. It's not an, accept- an acceptable response uh, to maintaining a planned, orderly, and compassionate immigration system. And, uh, you know, it was very interesting, too. Um, some of the people on the committee have spent a lot of time uh, trying to quibble over the term illegal. And, it, you know, it gave me some satisfaction that when they were asking uh, these department officials this week, well, are, is it in fact illegal? And they're like, yes, that when somebody illegally crosses the border... Uh, that is illegal, uh, the ability to claim asylum this way just renders their, their ability, the RTMP or the CBSA ability to, 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 to do anything about it, moot. So, uh, you know, I just find it very frustrating that all of these politicians are trying to somehow normalize this behavior when, in fact, we should be saying, especially for new Canadians who might be listening to your show today who came to the country legally, have family waiting for year-long waits to come through proper channels, and they're going, well, there's only one wait time for us to reduce days, and it's for somebody to be going into the country. They love it when you ask them questions. I saw that very clearly with the finance minister, Mr. Morneau, when you asked him questions at the parliamentary uh, status of women's uh, committee meeting. Do you have a couple of minutes, Michelle? I, I need to take a break, but I'd like to have you set up what happened between you and Mr. Morneau. And if you have to run at that point, we, of course, completely understand. If you can't stay, we understand that as well. Sure. Okay. Sure, sure. I can take a minute after your break. Okay. Let's just uh, take a quick break here, then we'll come back with Michelle Rempel, and she'll set up what we're going to play back for you, and that is the finance minister being asked what I thought was a very straightforward question in five or six different ways, and clearly it was beyond the minister's ability to grasp the questions. We'll come right back. You know you hit the big leagues when you're a guest on his show. This is the Roy Green Show. Send emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com and you go to my webpage, RoyGreenShow.com and listen back to anything we air or download it if you wish, including my conversation with Michelle Rempel, Conservative Member of Parliament for Nose Hill and Calgary, who is also the immigration and citizenship critic. Um, Can I just get 20 seconds from you on the DACA issue? Because you had an exchange, did you not, in committee with a a senior bureaucrat about the, 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 the DACA young people in the United States who may have to leave the U.S., and now they're talking about having, inviting them to Canada? Yes. Um, so this came up at the end of our committee meeting, which usually, you know, things get kind of quiet. Uh, but this department official uh, just out of nowhere said, well, we would gladly welcome this cohort to Canada. They're, they're highly skilled. And that's a fairly major policy announcement. Uh, it's something that the minister hasn't spoken on yet. So um, I had to use some um, procedural tactics to get uh, a spot to speak and question him because the chair was trying to close the meeting off. And uh, when I did, I said, like, well, who's we? Who, who, who is inviting these to ca- people to Canada? And I'm like, look, like, I mean, 
the, the government can invite different people to Canada, that's fine, but it should be the minister explaining it, right? So this department official said, well, Canadians would welcome them. They said, well, where, have you done any data modeling on the skill set or how they would match the needs of the Canadian economy and how many people are you planning on bringing in? And it was very clear that, you know, this department official was not speaking on behalf of the government and that they hadn't done any data modeling. In fact, I even ended up asking him, so where did you get your data from to make that assertion at a parliamentary committee? And like, I mean, this is a director general level bureaucrat. And I said, you know, he's like, oh, from the media. So I said, you're, you're making this policy assertion at a par- parliamentary committee based on something you read in a newspaper. You know, it was just really um, it's weird. See, this is, you know, when, when this is a sign of a government, though, like like I've been in cabinet and I, I work with some really ex- exceptional public servants, but you are there as a minister with a mandate from Canadians and you have to be giving direction on how the programs are being rolled out or what policy is coming forward because you're the one that is politically accountable to the Canadian people. So it's very inappropriate for department officials to be making statements like that at these committees because it um, actually sends a policy signal. Uh, I mean, like, I mean that, that could have had serious implications in the U.S., mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so it's just very, uh, I'm sure... Um, I, I was very unimpressed by that, and I hope the minister dealt with it afterwards. I just want our listeners to know, if you go to Michelle's Twitter account, at Michelle Rempel, and you go to May the 3rd, just a couple of days ago, two days ago, you can follow that series of uh, tweets by Michelle, and you can read what she what she wrote about that. I won't keep you ask you to stay for the whole thing, Michelle, but if you can just set up, please, what happened, how this exchange between you and Bill Morneau started, the finance minister, and then I'll thank you for joining us, and we'll play it on the air. Fantastic. So I, um, we had Finance Minister Morneau come to the Status of Women Committee ostensibly to talk about Justin Trudeau's much-touted gender budget uh, that was supposed to make life a lot more equitable for women with these tools called gender-based analyses. And that's basically saying that you would look at public policy from the lens of does it make life more, more difficult for Canadian women or better. Um, you know, I'm I'm all for talking about removing barriers uh, to entry uh, or, or equality of barriers to equality of opportunity for for all people, but it's very interesting what happens when I started to question our finance minister on if he had applied a gender-based analysis to a brand new tax, the carbon tax. Well, it's classic, and uh, thank you for joining us today. And we're going to play it on the air now. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Well, Michelle Rempel, Conservative Member of Parliament. Let's play for you. Michelle Rempel questioning our Federal Minister of Finance at the Status of Women's Committee hearing. What is the relative cost burden of your carbon tax for women as compared to men? Sorry, can you, I didn't hear the beginning of your question. What is the relative cost burden of your carbon tax for women as compared to men? Uh, As you uh, likely know, we believe that uh, for our economy to be successful over the long term, we, uh, we so, need to make sure that we're considering now, also the environmental leave, challenges. Since you've got to leave, I'll just ask, has a gender-based analysis been completed for the carbon tax? Again, what I, where I was getting to is that we believe a carbon pricing approach is important, and we've also said that we need uh, to find a way to uh, move that revenue back to the provinces. So, so has, a, uh, has a gender-based analysis been completed for the carbon tax? As a revenue-neutral measure, uh, you'll understand that uh, we see this as something that's important for the long-term health of our environment so and our has, economy. So has a gender-based analysis been completed for the carbon tax? 
And as I mentioned, this is a revenue neutral measure that we uh, see will help our environment okay. over the long well, term and enable our economy way. to be um, successful. Um, you know, you've, you've talked about the wage gap and these different things. Um, did you do any modeling? Is the price, elasticity, the price elasticity of the consumption of carbon the same for women as it is for men in Canada? As I've said, uh, we uh, we believe that carbon pricing is important. We also believe but that this you also revenue, say on page 219 of the budget. Approach you've is, also said uh, on page 219 to do it properly. So you've also said on page 219 of the budget that you're putting in place a gender results framework, which is a whole of government tool. So has that tool not been applied to the carbon tax? And again, I'll repeat: uh, in putting in place carbon pricing, we know it'll have a long-term positive impact on the environment. So it has been done for everyone. So, and uh, it will have an impact, of course, that from the federal government standpoint is revenue should, neutral. Could you table the gender-based analysis for the carbon tax with this committee? I'll just repeat again. So the, it hasn't been done? I will repeat again that carbon pricing from the federal government standpoint is a revenue neutral measure that will so, over the so long then term you, you encourage can, behaviors that will help the environment so, for all so you Canadians. So can, you can table the gender-based analysis for the carbon tax with this committee? What I will tell you is that the approach that we've taken is one that will enable all Canadians to be... I'll take that as a code for no, um, and I'll take that as code for it hasn't been done. So my question is, if there's a whole-of-government approach to gender-based analysis, and you're imposing a brand new tax on all Canadians, and we know that there's a pay equity gap for women, and many women bear a disproportionate cost of childcare, why would you not do a gender-based analysis for the carbon tax? As I've said, we, uh, we recognize that the way to get to behaviors that are going to ensure that we uh, so properly consider environmental Would you say that the carbon tax is sexist? Well, would you? I mean, has there been a gender-based analysis? I'm just wondering. As, like, as I've mentioned, uh, we uh, we put in place the, the carbon pricing approach in order to deal with the long-term environmental impacts So if you've done no gender-based analysis for it, and we know that women bear the disproportionate cost of childcare and things like driving kids around and paying for transport and food, would it? I would beg to argue that the climate, that the carbon tax is sexist. Do you have? So you know what the answer is going to be from Mr. Morneau to that. Uh, variation on the theme by Michelle Rempel. Remember, the Liberals stated that uh, no 2018 budget decision was arrived at without a gender-based analysis being conducted. So, they must love her. When we come back, Candace Malcolm is going to be with us, Sun Papers columnist and author. We're going to talk to Candace about the border and about where government funding for summer programs is going. Stay with us.